0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. All right, so should we just start then?
0: I think. Uh, I guess so.
1: Okay.
0: Oh, when do you want to read the email at the end of this episode, or yeah, actually, we'll do it at the end
1: of this episode so it's more timely.
0: Okay. Or well, I, I actually could glue it onto the previous
2: one, but oh,
0: uh, <laughs> you know, oh yeah, Dark Voyage. Oh no, we had what did we do at the end of the Dark Voyage one?
2: Uh, we I talked about th- the box.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I
3: say we had to have talked about something because it wasn't Dark Voyage.
0: Yeah. Yep. I
1: believe we also talked about uh, what was it? Anaconda. Anaconda.
3: Yes. (laughs) Because of the Uh, giant cheetah-eating snake. Oh.
0: Yep.
1: Cheetahs and John Voight's, both key components of the anaconda's diet. Yes. (laughs) Everybody, everybody, ready to roll.
0: Ah. Yep.
1: Hello and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob.
0: I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Or am I?
1: And today we find ourselves in possession of Possession.
3: So this was such an exciting episode when it aired for oh. G1 nerds.
1: Oh, If you, if you mm-hmm. thought that uh, you'd gotten a little Generation 1 fan service before, you ain't seen nothing yet.
3: Oh my goodness. So, This is episode,
1: yeah, this is episode 21 of Beast Wars, uh, first aired February 3rd, 1997, uh, written by Ian Weir and directed by Owen Hurley. I,
3: I feel like it's worth taking a moment to give a little background on this. Uh, because, and and this does spoil the episode a little bit, if that's okay.
0: We're going to spoil the hell out of it anyway. Yeah. yeah. We do.
3: But uh, the possession of this episode is specifically around Starscream's ghost, who shows up. And that is actually a, a very direct callback to a pair of uh, G1 episodes. And spe- uh, specifically season three. And I actually went and rewatched one of the two uh, before recording this because I realized actually the first of the two I still had almost memorized. <laughs> uh, the first episode is called Starscream's Ghost. Uh, but the funny thing about it is that Starscream's Ghost doesn't actually show up until the very, very end of act two. And at, at which point, uh, Octane, one of the Decepticon triple changers who's on the run from the rest of the Decepticons, uh, turns out to, you know, to have taken refuge in the catacombs of, of Cybertron and he runs into Starscream's ghost. And the rest of the episode then is about Starscream, you know, wrecking havoc as he does. Uh, in, the second episode is called Ghost in the Machine, and that one's entirely about Starscream's ghost. In this case, he partners with Scourge, and he goes to Unicron, whose head is orbiting Cybertron throughout the third season, and demands that, uh, well, not demands, you don't make demands of Unicron, but asks that Unicron, it's Starscream though, and Starscream makes demands of everybody, Uh, but he asks Unicron to give him a body back and Unicron offers to do it in exchange for basically getting Unicron back up to operating speed and I, I could do like a whole episode on that episode, but I won't. Uh, because it's G one, and you don't really want to go there.
0: Uh, but maybe someday we will. There, there's a bunch of eye stealing deal. going on in that episode, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah,
3: one of my favorite things about it is that they they basically fly up into Unicron's head and hot wire him. <laughs> uh, they take two two loose wires, touch them together, and they spark a little, and then Unicron cranks up. Huh. So <laughs> I, I really love that. And interestingly, at the end of the episode, so so Scourge ends up GTFOing, Unicron asks Starscream to attach his head to Cybertron so that he can have a body again, be it, you know, like BB-8 round body with a head attached, but, uh... And Starscream says, well, to do that, I'm going to need a body since Scourge has GTFO'd and he was our (laughs) person involved in all this who actually had a physical corporeal form. And so Unicron gives Starscream a body because apparently Unicron in the cartoon is both a god and also something they just some monkey people built, and who even knows what...
0: <laughs> a God. So the
3: comic he senses. gives Thirst scream a body back, and he... Learns that Starscream is Starscream, and Starscream's like, Ha! Do it yourself! And he flies off. Because <laughs> he's Starscream! <laughs> and apparently, Unicron, while having the body, having the ability to just materialize a body for Starscream out of thin air, he cannot actually do anything to Starscream once Starscream decides to fly away. <laughs> Unlike every and,
0: other body he made in the movie who he could control. I mean, yeah, so, that Starscream, you know, Unicron
1: wasn't just a busted up head at the time, so. He's yeah. not at 100%. Oh, yeah.
3: So at that point, uh, the last we see of Starscream, he actually does have a body again, but he's sort of flying off uncontrollably into space, and like Galvatron takes a shot at him. It doesn't look like it's exactly a fatal shot, yeah. but he's just flying off into space. But we never see him again throughout the rest of the G1 cartoon. No. So that and and so having a big G1 nub like this that actually kind of takes up a story thread and and takes up something that was an element of two of you know two whole G1 episodes it's almost like there was continuity sometimes yeah. uh that that was actually a, a pretty big deal so that's the background that's what we're going into as as we go into possession
1: all right. So, we open. A, a violent storm is raging, and things are going bad at both Maximal and Predacon base. And also, yeah. there's a spark flying through space, and spooky music is playing.
3: Yes. Yeah. It, it's a disembodied spark is flying through space.
0: Yeah, so and it's got first, like two means... little
1: orbity things around it as well.
0: Yeah, to differentiate, it's slightly more powerful spark than just the normal floating nucleus thingy we've seen before. Yeah.
1: So, anyway, in response to this, the Maximals are putting their extra weapons and ammunition in the hold, uh, put a pin in that. We're going to be coming back to that later.
2: <laughs> yeah, could you guys go and put this gun? It's made by Chekhov. Just put it down there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the lightning's frightening, poor Cheetor.
2: Oh, yeah, the lightning's gorgeous oh. in this. Oh, It's a really cool-looking approach to the base for once. Yes. Well, not for once, but it's another oh, really cool another, approach to the mm. base.
1: And at the Predacon base, uh, Waspinator is having computer trouble.
0: (laughs) Waspinator needs tech support. Where's (laughs) Scorponok?
2: Poor guy. Yep. He complains... Megatron asks for a status report, and Waspinator says, I'm in pain, but I'm still functional. Sorry. Waspinator in pain, but still functional. And then Megatron just snaps at him. Not you, imbecile, the computer! (laughs) You would think,
3: but being one of... I mean, Waspinator's not smart. (laughs) but he's at least loyal and fairly reliable. You would think Megatron would value him more, but no.
1: Megaton, I mean, Megatron doesn't really value any of his troops, except, of course, for the one troop he can't have, and keeps trying to clone over and over again.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's... I, I think... I choose to believe there's some subtext there that was probably not intended, <laughs> but I'm going to believe it anyway.
1: I'm sorry, Megatron, but you're in the enemy zone.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah.
3: Uh, wah, wah.
1: Uh, anyway, so uh, things get even worse for Wasmader when the computer stops working totally, and then starts talking to him in a weird screechy voice.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, it zaps him. Pterosaur yep. thinks this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, jerk. and then And then Wasmader isn't Wasmader anymore. He's Starscream.
3: Oh, and there's a lot of like. Yes, Air Commander Starscream. There's a lot of, like, dramatic music and, and stuff surrounding all this.
0: Oh, yeah, there, there's yeah. even smoke and clouds and, and dramatic flashes of lightning as if this was, like, a 1940s horror movie.
1: And in those flashes I, I, of lightning, we can see his Starscream
0: body. Yes, for yep. a split seconds. And I it's think we've effect.
3: mentioned before that Terrorsaur is kind of the cut-rate Starscream of yeah. Beast Wars. It's actually his voice actor, Doug Parker, doing Starscream's voice. And it's a bit of a different voice, but it's, it's really more, it's almost like the same voice, but without the, the animal screechiness. Yeah. Without the animal
0: and a little bit more screaming. I think they
2: put yeah. a bit of a flange on it, maybe yeah. electronically. Yeah, it sounds just more like a robot-y version of Pterosaur. It's, it, it's, it's, if- it's a passable Chris Lotta impression, though. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah.
3: I, I it's a passable say Chris Latta
2: impression, but Terrorosaur has always been a passable Chris Latta impression. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's
3: true. <laughs> yes. And again, for those who are not super who are coming into this without super familiarity with uh the minutia of G1, uh Chris Latta, Starscream's original voice actor, had passed away by this point. Yes. Uh though this barring any like commercial voiceover sounds that i may not know of offhand this is only the second uh english language person to do starscream uh to do a voice for Scar- starscream and now apparently starscream has reached a point where you know judging by steve bloom getting to do him in prime he's like a character who people would like to do oh yeah uh, so Doug Parker was the the first person after Chris Latta to get to be that character, who has since been Tom Kenny, uh who's, you know, more better known as SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> or the the Ice King from Adventure Time. Uh, like I said, he's been Steve Bloom, who is
0: everybody in anime a,
3: a lot of anime dub characters, as well as every unnamed male character with a speaking role in Star Wars Rebels. Uh so so yeah, it's it's pretty cool that, you know, this he he got a chance to do this character.
1: And uh he was also Michael Dobson, who, much like Chris Lotta, also played Cobra Commander. Yes. That too. Mm. Has Steve Balloon play, played Cobra Commander?
0: Um, wasn't he in the um oh the the really short one that was so, uh, Snake, yeah, Snake Eyes Heavy.
1: Actually I think that might have been uh oh, what's his name? Uh Buster Bunny.
2: Charlie Adler? Oh, yes, Charlie Adler. Who
1: was also Starscream in the Michael Bay movies.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's right. Charlie Adler is great. I heard him on Rob Paulson's podcast at one point. Okay, A, he's super gay, so I, you know, being queer myself, I'm like, yes, it's so great. Also, he's Silverbolt in uh, G1, and I'm just known right. for having this this huge, huge fixation on the G1 Aerobots. So so yes, Charlie Adler also got to be Starscream at one point.
2: Anyway, wasn't d- oh. wasn't Charlie Adler like every character on Cow and Chicken? Yes. Yes, he was.
3: Except for Michael Dorn. Yes, except for the one who was Michael Dorn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, uh Doug Parker is Starscream uh, now and he's explaining to Megatron what his deal is. <laughs> and you know, he's a Decepticon, he was he fought in the war against the Autobots and he uh, fell defending his leader galvatron against the the giant transformer unicron
3: now i and, and this of course being a direct callback to the the most iconic piece of transformers fiction at this point the original animated transformers the movie uh, which Actually, I'd have to double check on the wiki, but I think it was out of print when this came out. So you can forgive Megatron and the other Predacons for not being familiar with the actual events here. Yeah,
0: they couldn't rent the VHS at that time. It was hard to find. I mean, there's no blockbuster
1: on prehistoric Earth. No. No. Although, Black Arachnia seems to have a pretty good idea of what Starscream's deal is.
0: Yeah, she's been reading a hell of a lot of history. Yeah, Yeah. which is
3: pretty impressive because, again, she's like one of the youngest characters. And obviously, she's been hitting the books, certainly more than anyone else on the Predacon team.
1: Including Megatron, which is a bit of, I mean, I can forgive, I mean... Most of the crew, yeah, they're not going to know it. Most of the crew, I'm not sure, can read.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's fair. Yeah, but and, the other two you would expect would be Megatron and Tarantulas.
1: Well, Tarantulas, i probably also not a big reader. Also, he's not really in this episode a lot. No. So he may know and just not care.
3: Someone else who is not in this episode, uh, who I didn't even notice was missing until I had moved on to the next episode, is
0: Inferno. I know. that. that that's, yeah, he's totally that's gone. The last note I have is, oh, no Inferno.
2: He's conspicuously gone, as we'll see later. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and anyway, he's, he pledges his loyalty to Megatron, because everyone knows that Starscream is always loyal to Megatron.
0: Oh, yeah, and there's there's a mention of the Chronicles of Cybertron. Well, I guess Black Rackney is the one that says that.
2: Yes. Yeah. I assume that's just, like, their version of Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> and also, we see a computer animated version of Unicron
1: here, which must have just given everybody uh, watching this show on, a, on Alt-Toy's Transformers at the time, a uh, conniption fit.
0: Basically,
3: so, oh, you, yeah. It was a G1-gasm. Yeah, you get yeah, Starscream
0: you, and, and Galvatron name drop, you get Unicron there. Wow.
3: You, you get this brief little flashback as Starscream is telling his his version of the story about how he died protecting his beloved leader Galvatron from Unicron. <laughs> and you get a, a little flashback with Starscream standing there, and Unicron up in the air, and you know, being a, a huge planet-sized thing, like blasting Starscream. And yeah, weirdly, that's, that's
1: kind of what happens to Starscream uh, at the end of Armada. I
3: suppose uh, yeah. it's fair. Uh, and
1: also, I, I like that we're at the point in you know, where Unicron hasn't totally pervaded the Transformers mythos, where you're he, just calling him the giant Transformer Unicron.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: He's not the chaos bringer. He's not the world devourer. He's a giant transformer.
0: Well, yeah, because uh, except for the comics, this is only the second time in cartoons he showed up at this point. Yes. And he would show up many, many more. Well, wait, no. Oh no, the, the he showed up in. Well, he's all over that Unicron trilogy. Yeah, but he showed up in Beast Wars two or some one of the. Yes, he
1: was in Beast Wars two. They almost made a toy of him, which yeah. looked crummy, but everybody was uh, super mean, it was totally into like it Unicron. because like... Unicron toy.
3: Okay, I've I've pulled up the relevant wiki information and uh as of nineteen ninety five there was a VHS release of Transformers the movie in Canada. Ah. So so the the writers on the show actually they weren't I was gonna say they, they primarily were not Canadian, but the animators would have been able to go to Tower Records or whatever they, they had there at the time and Pick up a copy of that from Mallow Film. I'm sure they probably could
0: have bought a copy film. of the movie from Hasbro. <laughs> and more. apparently, I
2: do vaguely person... remember. I do vaguely remember having rented a copy of Transformers: The Movie on VHS around this time.
3: Yeah, and I'm
2: I, not in uh, Canada,
3: so I rented... maybe they just had
2: it since it came out. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the video stores,
1: you know, had all t- had tons of old stuff from the '80s at the time.
3: Yeah, I mean, when I really got back into the fandom as a quote adult, because. I was, a teenager. Uh, they, when G2 started, there were still like $10 discount bin copies of it available uh, on VHS from Avid Home Entertainment. Uh, but that one, those dried up during G1, but they, or during G2, but they still would have probably been available for rent. Uh, the, Soundtrack was still avail- available sporadically on D, or, uh, not DVD, on CD, CD oh, yeah. at this time. Uh, but yes, there was a Mellow Film release, which is apparently notable for being the first version released, uh, for home entertainment that included Spike swearing. <laughs> oh
0: I, just, I swear the first time they re ran that on TV, the shit was still there. I could be wrong. because that and did, did
1: Optimus was Prime crumbled into dust, uh, in oh, that one yeah. too.
0: Yeah, what they I, ran it on yeah. TV and they broke it into, what, like, three chunks? You mean
3: four... when they ran it on TV recently on The Hub or when they ran it, like...
1: No, on... no, originally original. Like, like, with, in, uh, like with Tommy War. Kennedy and the giant puppet Optimus?
0: Yeah, probably would have been in G2, I guess. But...
1: I can't imagine that, you know, they'd be transforming your day into an adventure with uh, gratuitous profanity.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I could see, like, actual TV stations showing it and maybe accidentally leaving it yeah. in there because they didn't even think to... Oh, that's check tr- if there were any words they needed to clean that's up.
1: Transformers movie. Who's going to be cursing in that. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be like all robot curses.
3: I mean, I know it was definitely shown on TV, uh, because I caught it a couple times on TV when I was a kid. But, uh, but yeah. So, so in Canada, the animators could have gotten a copy around then. I know towards the end of G2, at one point, I, I traded, actually during Beast Wars, I traded a friend online a toy for, a dubbed copy of the uh not dubbed as an audio but just copied copy of the uh the VHS so it was enough of a hard enough thing to get a hold of that one could actually procure valuable items in exchange for copies of it in
0: exchange for second generation copies <laughs> yeah anyway well
1: while he was flying around as a disembodied spark uh Starscream did a little sightseeing, and it turns out there's a big hole in the, uh, maximal base.
3: I would like to know how he saw anything. He was a disembodied spark. He can see things. I mean,
1: he's, I mean, he's a disembodied spark in this, but it's basically like Generation 1 where he's a ghost.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And he can
1: just do ghost things. You know, ghosts can see, he can probably, you know, chuck books off the shelves and,
3: uh, I mean, I guess there, there is that. And- that Spark was basically just how they visually translated the whole Starscream's ghost concept at this point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, he's traveled through time and space. He could have yes. seen a whole... What are you talking and, about? Yeah, they, they do have to and mention they traveled through happened. time so. and
1: space because, yeah. obviously, this is quite some time before Starscream died. Yes, is it? Which means that Starscream, uh, you know, spoilers for the end of next season, <laughs> he could have possessed his own body.
0: I don't think it oh, works that way. Oh, he's
1: probably kicking not. himself once he figures that out. <laughs> wow! Well, he'd be kicking himself if he had legs, which he doesn't, because he's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> this is he'd be
0: true.
1: hitting himself with those weird little orbiting things.
3: I, I think at this point maybe they, they haven't told people
0: that, you know... Well, they had no idea they were going to do that yet. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll I mean, Star Street
1: know? probably has no idea where he is either.
0: No.
3: Come to think of it, it's kind of interesting that the writers of this episode were familiar with Starscream's Ghost at all because I mean G one was airing on Sci Fi Channel for a while and it was airing as I don't know if those episodes became part of G two, but none I, of that I'm stuff almost, was available on VHS.
1: I'm almost <laughs> certain that one of the at least one of the Starscream Ghost episodes was on G two because I had seen it. Before this, and I hadn't really seen much of G1 in its original airing,
3: so probably was. Yeah, but yeah, none of that stuff. I mean, I had these like horrible third-generation copies I made from recording them in the morning and then copying the ones I liked onto tape. So archive, you know, before DVDs, archiving the stuff was a big deal, Mm -hmm. and who. Who's going to care about Transformers in the year 2000? Come on. <laughs> this stuff's going to disappear. Oh. Like my old Betamax tapes of Thundercats. You can
1: probably get Thundercats on DVD now, too.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think oh. that was... Thanks, I think Thanks, furries. was when I oh. <laughs> was... The, the Thundercats D V D release was when I realized that all my obsessive archiving as a teenager had really been kind of unnecessary. But it let me watch them it let me get to a point where I did not actually have to rewatch the episode Starscream's Ghost today because it is still in my brain. So <laughs> so there you go.
1: So anyway, there's a there's a big hole in the base and Starscream's brilliant idea is to attack the other side, because they're guarding the hole.
0: Yeah. After he swears okay. allegiance to Megatron, and he points at the monitor with devil horns. Yes,
3: yeah, so let's let's go back to him swearing allegiance to Megatron here, because I would like to note two things. One of them being that Starscream is clearly the Loki of G1 here. Yeah. <laughs> because he, he basically gets... Megatron to allow him to help by telling Megatron exactly what he wants to hear Yeah, and he manages to figure out quickly with a little like moment of hesitation where you can tell he's thinking about it and then tells Megatron exactly what he wants to hear additionally Starscream gets in a title call out which made me sad (laughs) it's going to help Megatron win the Beast Wars
1: and thanks to being in Wasmere's body he also has Loki's colors (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's, that's
2: true. true. So, I assume yeah. he knows what the Beast Wars are thanks to being in Waspinator's body, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I well, mean he seems to have, like, Starscream's knowledge.
0: Yeah, but he, he has to have Waspinator's knowledge because he knows Megatron's name. Nobody tells him.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's really, he's got a, a very sudden grasp on everything, you know, on the situation. Yeah. In which he's arrived in and it's not explained but you can easily headcanon that it's because and he was in the computers for a moment so oh, he could yeah. have just pulled up all of that so he knows enough about what's going on to be able to be a loki and tell everyone what they want to hear and, and maneuver things properly so so megatron somehow does not assume that Starscream's going to be lying like some other people on board who
2: read more. Actually, <laughs> credit to Megatron. His first question is, you'll forgive me for not immediately melting into a puddle of gratitude, but why should I trust you? Yes.
3: <laughs> At which point he he loki's and says, because I, you know, have all this information about the Maximal Base that I found, that I, you know, saw while I was out there, and I will help you win the Beast Wars. So then, yeah, he he ta- he leads them out there for an attack on the poor poor Axelon.
2: and it works almost comically well. Yes, and I, I will note
1: here that the Maximals are guarding the hole, which leads to the uh, the core room that we saw in uh, Better Mousetrap, oh, yeah. which we noted at the time as being a cool looking room.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, it's, yeah, it's so nice cool. to see it again.
1: And also, there's a Cyberbee hanging around, and once again, uh, Scorponok has upgraded the Cyberbee cameras. It's in HD now.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Of course, Starscream claims he sent it out, and it's his. I, <laughs> it's actually Scorponok's.
3: I was very happy to see the Cyberbee again. I, I gave a little, yay!
2: I was happy to see it again, and also, holy crap, Cheetor did something competent of his own volition. Yeah. <laughs> But sees it and immediately goes to take it out and succeeds in taking it out. Yeah, he and there the are stuff. no horrible consequences of him taking it out.
1: No. <laughs> Although, unfortunately, the Predacons end up taking the base anyway, largely aided by uh, Starscream yeah. and his superior speed. Yeah. Because he's now, like, the Flash fast.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I guess it's either that he knows... You know, he's just that much smarter and more competent than Wasmator, or... Uh, as we see a couple times later in the show, having two sparks in one body gives that body like superpowers.
3: Yeah. It it may be a, it may be that or it may be a matter of him just having a better grasp. I mean, there's a lot of like, uh, intuitive trigonometry that goes into that sort of thing, that sort of flight, so maybe he's got a better grasp on what he needs to do to get from point A to point B. He,
0: he was air commander, and wasn't he, at least at the beginning, wasn't he supposedly the fastest Decepticon at first? I think yeah. so, yes. Yeah. So.
2: Third well. option. A Transformer's body can only do that maybe two, three times before it just completely self-destructs, but Starscream doesn't care because he's got like another nine guys that he can possess after this.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: true.
0: So, so Starscream wins the Beast War! Hooray! Yay! Yep.
1: And also, Dinobot uh, Dinobot gets hurt, Primal's gotta fly off with him, and also, Pterosaur gets punched in the face because you suck, Pterosaur. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Well, so, yeah, the, uh, the, the Predacons way. are victorious. Megatron is super thrilled about this. Yeah. And unfortunately, Tarantulus points out that this means their base is totally unguarded. So I was kind of hoping for a situation where we just
2: swap bases here.
3: Tarantulus was so worried that the Maximals were going to go in and find it's all his stuff. skeezy
2: porn. Yeah, oh. Although his skeezy porn isn't in the base, it's in his lair, which is adjacent to the base. He's yeah. probably got it all over, though. They're
3: going
0: to get there and touch all my
3: stuff. Give him it, back. It, it was very much an all my stuff, sort of.
2: I, and you know oh, God, Ferentulus is, so... is the Predacon Cheetor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my in there and touch my stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, Cheetor's worried about his room. Oh,
2: what yes. Yeah. <laughs> he almost says that verbatim. He's worried the Predacons are going to go in and touch all his stuff. Yeah,
0: Trap <laughs> so doesn't care about that. But, but anyway, Megatron decides to split the party. <gasps> Megatron.
3: Yeah. Well,
1: Starscream's going to be in charge of the Axelon, and Scorponok and Black Adarachnia, who keep getting paired up, are going to be under his command.
3: Also, there's a comment that Megatron makes <clears throat> about, like, start maybe something getting messed up in Starscream's neurological circuitry during all that time, and he he was a disembodied spark.
1: Listen, Megatron is yeah. not a military historian, and he is not a ghost scientist. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
3: I guess
1: he is good at making evil plans and yelling at guys and being a dinosaur.
3: He's yeah. Starscream is also super hammy just throughout this whole thing, and oh, he yes. can't not tell everybody how he's Starscream. He's got to tell all the Maximals that he's Starscream, and he's just yeah. Also, I like that Megatron leaves, again, Megatron leaves Scorponok with Black Arachne and Starscream, because Scorponok has been so successful at stopping Insurrection so far.
0: Yeah, but yeah. who else is he going to trust? I mean, okay, they leave out Inferno, so that's kind of a problem, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, you're either leaving Tarantulas there, which, bad idea, yeah. or Pterosaur, yeah. also bad idea.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yep. So, so you pretty much have to leave Scorpionock there with Starscream, and yeah. might as well leave Black Arachnea there. Split up the spiders. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Although I don't know why they were so concerned that their base was undefended. I mean, Inferno is clearly back there.
0: <laughs> Taking a is <nap.
2: laughs> being repaired or something.
3: Maybe he wandered off. Yeah.
2: Uh, maybe he found some particularly nice sugar and got distracted. <laughs>
1: uh, Maximus put out put out traps. you have to. Detox him.
2: <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, maybe he took a step in v- in uh, robot mode instead of beast mode and got lost. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't because find his- ants navigate by the number of steps between places. So
1: <laughs> Aww. I mean, Black Rackney is not terribly enthusiastic about uh, this whole arrangement. And Starscream soon learns it's because, uh, you know, she's seen Transformers in the movie. Yeah. And uh, she knows that... Uh, Unicron didn't have anything to do with it. He betrayed, well, he betrayed Megatron, yeah. but that's too complicated for this summary. Th- he betrayed thing. the leader, and the leader came back and,
0: and blew vaporized. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
3: and I do think that it was probably narratively a good move to just say Galvatron, because then yeah. you don't have to worry about explaining Is there why there's two there's Megatron. Megatron and this other Megatron, and technically when he killed him, he was Galvatron. And yeah. yeah. So it's it's really yeah. for the best to just say for them to have just said
0: that hey, yeah. Although when you think about it, Starscream didn't know his name when he got blown up, but
3: But yeah, Black Rock is like, hey, I snagged a copy of that movie back when it was on the ten dollar shelf at <laughs> Suncoast. I know what really happened.
1: But uh you know, she's she's okay with it as long as uh, she gets to be the co trader. Yes. <laughs> yep.
3: Again, she's totally like, well, hey, if you just let me in on things, we can work this out.
1: And uh, Starscream's okay with it, too. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's super friendly, putting his hand around her shoulder, and then it's going a little lower.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Starscream.
1: He's getting his star creep on.
3: (laughs) Starscream. He's so gay.
1: I mean, listen, they didn't have any Decepticon women back then. Maybe that was
3: just all he could get. I guess. I guess you know I'm. I'm not gonna do the whole buy erasure thing. He yeah, could I mean, go he's both. Li- like-
1: and again, he's like Loki, and he's just into whatever.
3: What yeah, it? exactly. What you got? Men,
1: women,
2: horses. Yeah. As long as he can betray them, he doesn't care.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Back anyway, the Maximals have regrouped in the forest. Uh, Cheetor is unhappy about Predacons touching his stuff.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh,
1: and also, Air Razor was there briefly and noted that everybody was evacuating and didn't think to help or anything. Just, uh, i better get Tagatron.
0: Yeah. Well,
3: I don't know. I mean, she's been a huge badass in previous episodes, so it's not like she's like, well, admittedly, whatever kicked the rest of the Maximals out of their base is probably more than she can deal with by herself.
1: So, you know, I could go and help and probably get shot or zip off, uh get a nooner with uh Tigatron in and uh then tell him that there's something up or something.
3: Yeah. But uh, but yes, we find out that there is one other person who's been reading their histories and that's Dinobot.
1: And that make he seems like a guy who would be super into military history.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Though so
3: it's it's interesting that I think Optimus says that the files on Starscream were classified by the Maximal Elders.
2: Yes, he does it.
1: And it turns out there is a reason for this that we're going to get to next season. I
3: guess that's true. But apparently it was not classified by the Predacons because Dinobot was able to read all about him. Hmm. Yep. And knows that he is the Loki of the Decepticons (laughs) and he'll take care of things for them.
1: He's the traitoriest traitor who ever traitored.
3: Yes. Pretty much. He is the betrayer.
1: So it is time for a plan. (gasps) And the primals go to the Axelon to surrender, because Dinobot is so busted up that they've got to get him to the CR chamber.
3: though in the
2: previous scene, he made a complete recovery. Oh, yeah.
3: When Airazor flies off, and she goes, flies, and uh, she... Goes to find Tigatron. She finds Tigatron, and she says something like, you know, the Preds have taken over the base. And guess who's in charge? <laughs> and then she flies off! <laughs> <laughs> who? Who's in charge? He couldn't possibly...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tygatron's Tig- not even going to know who Starscream is. No! Or who? Scream what?
3: I mean, what it's t- possible that she says that because... It looks to her like Waspinator has been left in charge, which is entirely reasonable. That would be weird. So, yeah, I mean, she probably just meant
0: it's Waspinator. Remember that guy we've blown up like half a dozen times?
3: Yeah. But I love that she comes over and she says that and then she just flies off. (laughs) Like, you're going to have to catch me if you want to know who is in charge.
2: Oh god, Air Razor writes for bird feed during her time off.
3: Yes, yes she does. She writes <laughs> book bait articles. So yes, so, so- You just ta-
1: evacuate the Maximal Base and you'll never guess what happened next. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Dinobot, they're carrying Dinobot on a litter and they are telling him to act like he's really injured.
2: And in fact fighting over whether or not he's acting enough like he's really injured.
1: And <laughs> telling Radtrap that if you know, that he's going to be his role model. (laughs) 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 So great. Yeah, so Starscream allows this, but then as soon as they get in there, he betrays them because he's Starscream and has uh, Optimus stripped of his weapons, forced to transform, and locked up in the holder somewhere. (laughs) And the thing about this... They didn't put him or somewhere.
3: The the best thing about this plan, though, I mean, we know, but... Obviously, you know, Optimus is going to want to have been in there. That was part of his plan was to get into the Axelon because they were telling Dinobot to act injured when he wasn't. So basically, they're they're doing a, a, uh, a double cross here where they are assuming that Starscream is going to betray them. Yes, they're making this offer knowing that Starscream is not going to keep his word, and I yeah, I appreciate that. It's
1: a, yeah. it's, it's a real Joker plan.
0: No, yeah, it's Primal out Lokiing Loki. Yeah. Yes,
2: it's almost implausible levels of genre savviness. I yeah. <laughs> Primal it's, is you know Primal
1: seems pretty you know generically yeah. heroic a lot of the time, but he is very crafty. Yes. And we saw this back in uh, Dark Designs when he was basically doing this with Megatron and Evil Rhinox. I mean, he
3: yeah. was it, he was in charge of a science ship, so he's got to be a smart guy. I it mean, that's nec- like
1: science smart, not like cunning plan smart.
3: Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean he's good at manipulating people, but it means he's at least you know basically smart.
0: Well, yeah. Although, admittedly, it's like it's still like a few times he's done this where let's not do anything right now, so we can do something later. Yeah, let's be let's be lazy. I
1: mean, you know, he's a gorilla. They're not super active.
0: That's and, true. And, his play
1: work. So
0: yeah.
1: And uh. I mean, again, when he's in gorilla mode, he's not really walking like a gorilla. He's just kind of walking around like somebody's out of shape dad. This
2: <laughs> yeah. is yeah. true. This is And as we established in a previous episode, he spends a lot of time playing tactical simulations, by which we mean Civ Five. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, he, you know, he's probably barbecuing sometimes.
0: <laughs> can, can you, can you, you can just see. picture
3: him in an apron. Exactly. <laughs> <In> like <laughs> a, a, a barbecue in his hand. apron.
0: Kiss the chimp. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's too good.
1: So anyway, so, as soon as this happens, they tell the remaining non-imprisoned Maximals that, uh, hey, attack the Predacon base.
3: <laughs> that part they probably weren't expecting, but still.
1: No. What? And that's... Yeah. Uh, and Scorpion is not having any of this, but surprise, surprise, he gets shot again.
0: Yeah, poor I, my note is poor, dumb Scorpion he gets he's, shot. Yep, he's
3: still effective. Yeah. And what towards the end of this, you you can see that normally Waspinator has a little Predacon symbol on his head. Oh yeah, uh, it's I just know you know a, a about... few shades different from it's. It's pretty much in the texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it has been changed to a Decepticon symbol.
2: Yes. I also like, really like Black Racnia as Starscream's protege and Starscream giving him advice. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, Star Starscream advice. as a mentor.
2: Pretty <laughs> great. Always show compassion. It hides your true motives. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, and, and then Rat uh, Trap. Unfortunately for Starscream,
1: he's forgotten that gorillas are strong.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But before that, there's a good exchange between him and Rat Trap. It's like, traps all, you're nothing but a uh, sneaking a snake. A scheming snake in the grass. grass. And the star all, flattery will get you flattened, vermin, obey me! Yes! That is a great line.
1: Starscream is just screaming commands to people for half of this episode, and it's great.
0: Yeah.
3: So great. Just all the scenery, just chewing all the scenery. And, the
1: and most- it works well with uh, Starscream's face. You know, that mouth is going all over the place.
0: Oh, yeah, using Waspinator's yes. face, just wiggling the jaws. Even the spikes on the side of his face wiggle up and down, which I didn't, I haven't noticed before. But, yeah, he's, they're getting a lot of mileage out of Waspinator's face, just rattling and shaking. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, Primal does his impressionation of King Kong breaking out of bonds, stuck to old wall. Uh-huh.
1: He's got his weapons back. He lets uh, Dinobot out of the CR chamber, and he's hanging from the... Uh, the ceiling, like an ape, which is maybe a callback to uh, Call of the Wild.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then a line that stuck with me for, like, decades, and I didn't remember where I'd gotten it from until this point, where Primal says, Lesson 3, Disregard Lessons 1 and 2.
1: Yes. <laughs> His, <laughs> the dialogue in this is super, is very sharp.
0: Yes. It's, it's good. Yeah, like, a third of my uh, notes are actually lines of dialogue. Yes.
1: And so Starscream bugs out of there, uh, notably without black arachnea.
0: Yeah. I screw you. Look out for numbers, Starscream.
2: Good job.
1: And she yeah. she promises that she's gonna return the favor. Meanwhile, the Maximals are attacking the Predacon base. It's not going well. No.
3: <laughs> it's really not. I mean, admittedly, they're not trying that hard. They're just no, sort of no. like, yep we're going to try to sneak in here. Oh, we're caught by the auto guns. And we're just going to sit security still. security lights.
0: Yeah, and Starscream apparently didn't give him a plan. He just sent him over there, eh, go shoot at him. Whatever.
3: And they weren't going to try that hard?
0: No.
1: No. Megatron of course is not pleased by this and uh decides that he will uh, you know, he's going to uh, melt Starscream and Black Blackwreck down into aluminum siding. <laughs> yes. So, before this attack can go any worse, which it's already going pretty badly, uh, Optimus Primal shows up. Yes.
3: And
1: Yay! I'll, although not before, uh, Rhinox can say that it is trampling time, which is maybe his catchphrase. <laughs>
3: uh, it's his catchphrase for this episode. Oh, yeah, it's very thin. It's his catchphrase for this episode. Yes. Optimus shows up and shows Starscream what happens when you're Waspinator.
0: Yeah, well, yep. Starscream's been giving Space Debris a bad name, and, and then Primal just monkey-punches him.
2: Yeah, apparently... <laughs> he got the big blind-up. Yeah. Great. Apparently he forgot how to actually move at super speed to dodge and stuff. Yes.
1: He's had a long day. Mm. And maybe the Waspinator is catching up with him.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, he manages to uh, ground Starscream, backs him up into some John. Oh, but hey, Black Arachne is there. Uh, but, sorry, team-ups off. <laughs> and Starscream's dreams turn out all to be in Technicolor. Huh? <laughs>
0: yeah. Which
1: which is a line that I still use occasionally uh, whenever somebody wants uh, me to do something unrealistic.
3: <laughs> it's a good line. For all your dreams in Technicolor.
0: Uh, un- unrealistic is primal quoting Terminator 2.
1: No, unrealistic is sunglasses spontaneously manifesting over his eyes after quoting Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's hilarious, but it's so stupid.
0: <laughs> I, stupid I don't think do that's great. the
2: only time we see those either. I'm not
1: sure. And we're going to see some clothing in the next episode on robots. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Sunglasses, Oslo Visa Starscream. I-
0: I actually didn't notice the sunglasses because I was rolling my eyes at Hasta La Vista Starscream. <laughs> it's like, oh, God damn
1: it. I mean, I can't get too mad at that because I love Terminator 2. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I know now why you cry, Starscream. <laughs> he explodes. Yeah, and a good explosion. Bits of Wasmator are everywhere, and I guess Starscream just gets blasted into space.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: So... Megatron's uh, putting him back together, not too gently. He, he's using his Tyrannosaurus head to put the head back on.
0: Rocky <laughs> has headache and whole body. Oh. <laughs> Poor little wasp had a bad day.
1: And of course, Black Arachne maintains that she only betrayed Starscream, or that she only betrayed Megatron, so that she could te- find out what how Starscream was betraying Megatron. She learned. Yeah. She learned from the master. She did but Megatron is not entirely having it. No, he still doesn't trust her.
3: She's she's got some plausible deniability going on there, but...
0: It's a better excuse than Pterosaur ever came up with. This is true. Although,
1: we still don't know what her excuse for uh, everything that happened in the trigger was.
0: Mm. Yeah. Possessed
1: by aliens, maybe?
0: Tarantulas made me do it?
1: Maybe.
3: Who knows?
1: I mean, she was okay with-
3: stealing. She was stealing that weapon so she could help Megatron.
1: Yes, and I guess Scorpionok. Hopefully, he had like amnesia after he <laughs> fell off an <laughs> island.
0: Maybe he, he has blackouts all the time.
1: Oh, I'm sure he's he just a mess. He's he's punch drunk. He's like Rocky in Rocky Five. <laughs> <laughs> and then back at the Axelon, Maximals are uh, fixing the place up. Uh, except for Cheetor, who is uh, just uh, watching the skies. Oh, yeah. Twinkle, twinkle, little Starscream.
3: Aww. Uh-huh. That one was actually not bad, Cheetor. Good no, job. Not bad.
1: Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, St- Starscream is in space, screaming vengeance on everyone. I will yeah.
0: return! In a thousand <laughs> years, there will be a sequel episode, maybe. Even like- if
2: it takes me a thousand
3: years. He's so... So good. So Starscream. Yep. So Starscream. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that's
1: it. Unfortunately, we don't get a follow-up to this. We don't see Starscream again in this or in Beast Machines. Although like,
2: Alas. Except for uh, kind of in Season 3.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see some what? Starscream later on.
2: Goodness,
0: so much. Such spoilers. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we don't have another Starscream episode, which is kind of a shame. Although, wasn't there plans to bring him back in, um, what were they going to do after Beast Machines? Or was it just going to be more Beast Machines? I
1: trans-tech. think just...
3: There was I'm Trans... Sure. Oh, Trans-Tech. Yeah, oh,
1: right, the the there was Starscream and Trans-Tech. Yeah. And that that one might have got the first, because there was, uh, like, a prototype produced for it.
0: Yeah. yeah, which, didn't that eventually end up, well, sort of becoming the Armada Starscream, the design?
1: Uh Light. No, I don't think Armada Starscream.
2: Oh, Cybertron, I was thinking the wrong one.
1: I think Yeah, I think it was vaguely based on that. Yeah,
2: yeah it was vaguely based. <laughs> no, it wasn't really based on that, either.
1: It, oh, no, I, I swear there was something that was vaguely based on that, but I can't
0: recall what. It wasn't the exact same design, it was like, but part of the transformation style was maybe picked up it. in some later Starscream toy.
2: I can see kind of elements of Armada in vehicle mode, but
0: yeah. yeah. Completely different shape, because mm-hmm. Steck was all smooth and wobbly. Yeah.
2: Anyway, And then the robot mode is surprisingly depth-chargy. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. uh, we haven't seen him yet. Yeah, that is, Wow,
1: that really is a depth-charge head. Okay. And also, that's a lot of clear plastic. That would be dangerous.
0: <laughs> well they do that now? Yeah.
1: And I, I guess it was going to be a time, thing where there'd be, like, an internal light, so that it's not that's not just clear for the prototype, it would be clear uh, in the finished toy as well.
2: Yeah. There's no reason they'd just make that clear for the prototype when they could paint stuff.
1: Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that is uh that is our love letter to generation one for the season. We're gonna get a a bigger, longer one next season.
3: Oh, man. oh boy, this must will have we? caused
1: a <laughs> sensation in the fan community
3: at the time. It really did. I mean this was a big deal.
0: Not even the fan community. It's like I, I forget if I started watching... Well, I guess I saw the the, the premiere of Wars, Wars but then I wasn't entirely watching it so much. But I caught this episode, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep watching. I have to see yeah. more.
2: It's a super big deal for the universe from a broader standpoint, but it's kind of an insubstantial episode if you're not going, oh, my God, holy crap, G1 references...
0: <laughs> well, there are there are good lines in the episode. There it? are That's great fun. lines.
2: It's fun, but it's kind of like it's fifteen minutes of fun in a thirty minute fun. package.
0: It's just extra fun because Starscream. Like, if you were going to do a series, and you, if fans wanted to pick one character they wanted to bring back from G one. Starscream's going to be near the top of the list at this point anyway. Still, Very great character.
3: And they had that little in there. They, he, he was last seen floating around. And admittedly, it's entirely possible that he just flew off uncontrolled into the void of space where his body eventually shut down and he died again.
2: Yeah, And they had the model back from that episode, The Web. Yeah. Because oh, right.
1: I think the r- original plan for this episode was that uh, an Autobot spark would possess one of the Maximals.
2: Hmm. Well, that's, weird. that's interesting. I wonder who it would have been. I don't know.
1: I can't see that being as interesting because then I'm not sure what the conflict really is.
0: Yeah, what, yeah. What I the mean, they're
3: be? all yeah. pretty vanilla good guys, unless you're talking like Furman Grimlock or something. <laughs> I, I mean, like less so now that more interesting stories have been written, but at the time, especially if you were primarily going off the cartoon, the yeah. cartoon Autobots were pretty vanilla good guys.
0: Yeah, they were, they were all good guys. Unless you pick the tech spec of one of the guys who was like paranoid or something. like, right <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, if you get
2: like or if you get like Optimus possessed by Sunstreaker and then he's spending all of his time in his room grooming himself. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He just won't come out of his room because his alt mode is too ugly. Oh.
2: I'm imagining him like growing his hair out and then styling it into a pompadour, and then refusing to come out of his room not because he's too ugly, but because he's too pretty. And there's <laughs> no mirrors in the rest of the base.
3: Yeah.
1: He's a, he's dyeing his gorilla fur blonde.
3: <laughs> he would just have to possess Cheetor.
2: Yeah, that would be a better fit.
1: Yeah.
3: He would be sleek and yellow.
1: Or he'd just shave himself entirely. <laughs>
2: Maybe.
3: <Yeah>. Maybe. <laughs> Shaved cats. Yeah. Huge oh,
1: well, yeah. fuzz.
3: Sure.
1: Real Mr. Bigglesworth.
3: Oh. Yeah. Uh, not great.
1: Yeah. So, you know, a fun episode. The G1 does add a lot to it. But I, I think I. it's hard to say as you know, going at, at it without that perspective. But I, I find Starscream's portrayal in this amusing enough that, uh, you know, it's a novelty just because you don't get a lot of new characters on this show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get one-off characters in this show. No. We, well, we get one, one. Yeah. next season. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a, it's a fun cameo appearance. Highlight episode.
3: Yeah, and and I mean... Much like Loki, Starscream is a very fun character to throw into the mix.
2: Yeah. Does a very good job of making things interesting.
3: Yes. And Doug Parker does a pretty good job of being him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, uh, before we uh, move on, I think uh, I think it's time to root through the old uh, Maxa mailbag. Ooh. And, uh, <gasps> we... What's this? Uh, there's something in it.
3: <gasps> we got mail! We got mail! Hooray! Oh boy! Yay! Yeah, mail.
1: Up. That's right. So letters. We get letters. We get and lots of not so letters. And
0: it's that, We shouldn't that would, start on this. are asking us
1: for our bank information no. trying to sell us sexual enhancement drugs.
2: Um, uh, no. There's no Nigerian prince who we need to help get money out of the country for.
3: But but my Nigerian prince. <laughs> well,
2: th- anyway, anyway, there was an email th- about it. There's letters some. from
1: Arash from uh, Mystic Marvels Entertainment. Ooh. And the letter goes, Hey there. Just wanted to say great podcast going on here. As one who absolutely loathed it at its, at its inception to being a diehard fan, it's nice to hear the episodes anew with the benefit of hindsight. I remember a guy I worked with told me I had to watch an episode, so watch the next episode I could. The Low Road. I know you're not there yet. Stay tuned.
3: <laughs> next. Soon.
1: I'm like WTF. I stayed away until just before the beginning of Season 2, where YTV did a marathon recap just before the new episode. Fan effing-tastic. You asked about some fanfic. Well, it's more of fan broad strokes, not quite fleshed-out fic. You may have to save this for the end of the series, but okay, we're getting into some spoiler territory here. So if you haven't seen right to the end of the series, uh, turn off your computer, I guess?
3: <laughs> Whatever you listen
1: to your podcast on, somehow turn it off. Yes.
3: Give <laughs> that a few seconds.
1: Yeah, skip ahead a few a little bit. So, yeah. End of the series, when Waspnator is left behind on prehistoric Earth, crawling off into the distance. I oh, my God, it's prehistoric Earth?
0: Oh, no. Oh. We didn't know. Podcast
1: canceled. I'm not watching that. Just showing.
0: <laughs> you maniacs. You spoiled it. <laughs>
1: anyway. I always felt it was he that created the G1 Insecticons. They speak similar to him. And after being blown up every other week, decided a swarm of minions would be better suited to his plans.
3: And in, in the G1 cartoon, when the insecticons show up, they're just sort of like there in a pod. They didn't come with the rest of the decepticons.
1: Yeah. They'd been there for a while. Although the swarm really only showed up in their first appearance. Like I said, broadstrokes. Isn't broadstroke <laughs> that guy who turns into a plane and an aircraft carrier? That's broadside. Oh, broadside. <laughs> now, the podcast I listened to during my daily hour and a half commute in Toronto. Ooh, hey, Canadian.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome.
1: Hey. Fellow Canadian. You guys are regulars, even among other TF podcasts. Some guys don't know how to stay on topic. What's that? My other podcasts? Well, since you asked, in no particular order, uh, Transmissions, I think that's a Transformers podcast. Yes. Uh, Star Talk, that's the one with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yep. And so nice. that's, it, that's it. It's us and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson in the Pantheon of Podcasters. Ooh. <laughs> Eat that, Mark Marin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cybertronological, which I assume is also Transformers, and TED Radio Hour, which I guess is just a podcast where they talk about that uh, movie where Seth MacFarlane is a teddy bear.
3: <laughs> no, no, no! It is Probably. a podcast version of the TED Talks series, oh, okay, in which people talk about big ideas.
1: Uh, but did Seth MacFarlane like get teddy bears the that smoke? Because then it could be a TED TED talk. Uh, uh. <laughs> You guys recommend yeah. anything else, uh t- Transformers or otherwise. Anyway, keep up the good work. So uh, uh as far as Transformers podcasts go, I would be remiss if I did not mention the oldest Transformers Podcast and I think maybe one of the oldest podcasts, period uh oh. on the internet, Radio Free Cybertron.
3: Been around for a very long time, yeah. <laughs> Done by some friends of ours.
1: it has been yep. long been around longer than the word podcast, I think. Yeah, it, yeah. The yeah.
2: term yeah. podcast by quite a bit.
1: Yeah. So of course that that they air that every week and it's it's always a fun listen. You know, keep up with uh, you know. It's sometimes there's so much Transformers news that it's, it's a little overwhelming. So uh, I'd say it's worth a listen. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I uh,
3: one of my secondary interests is X Men, and I've been very fond of Rachel and Miles explain the X Men. Oh, oh
0: yeah, that, that's one of the best.
3: Which is brilliant.
0: It's probably the best comic book related podcast because. Some of the others I've listened to have just fallen by the wayside, but that one's still fun.
3: Format-wise, it was a bit of the inspiration for what we're doing here, uh, but we're doing individual episodes instead of story arcs.
2: Because we don't have nearly as much material to cover as the X-Men. No, No. And also,
1: the continuity here isn't quite as uh, convoluted, so we don't have to have uh, one of us incredulously incredulously explaining uh, some concept to us at the beginning of every episode.
0: To be perfectly honest, we could probably do that about some obscure characters. What? Quite only in comics? <laughs> like, uh, oh. Discharge. Yes. We're <laughs> mixing. Erector.
3: Honestly, just the entire late G1 Japanese stuff. Breast yeah. Force. Everyone in Breast Force.
0: <laughs> I believe you mean
1: Chest Force.
3: I am so mad about that. I, like, can't even watch my my American Victory DVD with the with the subtitles that call them Breast Force because I have strong feelings about victory.
0: Well, I always want to call them Breastmasters because Headmasters and things. But... I know they should be Breastmasters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other podcasts. Wasn't, um, hmm?
2: wasn't there just a sub that came out of that that commits one of the greatest crimes possible and does not use the job ninja consultant? No, yes. it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Headmasters what is it? version. Actually, they... they... Is it phase Six or something? They yeah, kind of get but, a term from um,
1: yeah. the eye, which is yeah. kind of neat, but it's no ninja consultant. No, yeah. they,
3: when Sixshot shows up, Sixshot is notoriously referred to in Headmasters, the Japanese cartoon, as a ninja consultant. And they refer to him as like a phase six Decepticon, which, you know, I, I like the retroactive pulling in of IDW stuff, but not when it's replacing ninja consultant.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's he four. could be a Phase Six Ninja Consultant. Yeah, that would be even better. Yes, yes.
0: Uh, ooh, other podcasts we listen to. Uh, me and Rob listen to a lot of movie podcasts, like The Flop House, We Hate Movies, Cinema Swirl.
2: Uh, the only movie podcast out of that genre that I really listen to is Chris Simms and Matt with Molson's Movie Fighters, which is kind of their accompaniment to their comic book podcast, War Rocket Ajax. Oh yeah, I'm
0: behind on listening to that.
2: Uh, I'm behind on listening to that
1: because in a recent episode they rag on The Shadow and my heart is broken because I love that <laughs> dumb movie.
3: Aww. Good movie. I've, if anyone has, if anyone is listening and happens to exist in the tiny, sliver of Venn diagram between Transformers and Beast Wars fans and people who are huge writing nerds and can suggest any writing, especially genre-oriented writing podcasts, I would be very interesting because I have trouble finding any that are not either too uh, entry-level for me, where they're talking about like basic structural stuff, or too like industry like they're talking with excitement about uh you know the, the 50 shades of gray prequel or
0: companion or whatever oh. coming out uh, did, did you listen to any swords and lasers I uh, okay.
3: I think I was going to listen to some of it but then I was like this is long and I'm only walking to target
0: oh was <laughs> in a couple episodes it was
2: okay you...
3: I may have to try that one yep
2: Oh, uh, Oh. also credit to Sailor Business. If you like the style of this show, but you would rather listen to people talk about Sailor Moon than Transformers, or would just find that interesting as well, they're worth a listen.
0: Yeah, they're they're kind of a lot. Well, they have guests, but aside from that, I mean, one episode at a time.
1: I mean, this this episode is going to involve, you know, this this podcast is going to involve, you know, a fair bit of fighting evil by moonlight, but very little of winning love by daylight.
3: Yeah. Well, really, that's just a little bit. There is There's a little, little bit of, of that. that,
1: and quite frankly, I believe all four of us would always run from a real fight,
3: yeah, yeah, I might not i can I can get angry.
1: I'm from Canada,
3: <laughs> you can just apologize
1: we're, we're so sorry, I don't know what it is, maybe it involves my reincarnation living on the moon. I don't know, I'm running from that real fight. <laughs> Aww. So yeah, there we have it. A letter read on red on the air. If you want your letter read on the air, then please write into the max mailbag at stasispodcast podcast at gmail dot com. Yes.
2: No question is too trivial or foolish.
1: That's right.
3: Especially trivial.
1: We do trivial. If it's eight pages of retracts fanfiction, we might read it.
3: Yeah. Some yes. of these episodes are short. Yes. It's some of these episodes we're watching don't have a lot for us to talk about. Yeah, this was good like
0: episode. the last
3: couple. Oh, yeah. The last where episode. we would much rather have talked about Anaconda than the actual episode.
0: Talk about yep.
1: it the podcast. Yeah, you can, uh, and in addition to that, you can also follow us on Twitter at, at StasisPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StasisPod.
3: And our RSS feed is hosted on net.
1: And if you prefer, you can also find us on iTunes, and uh, if you're doing so, Rate and review us. Why not? You can also find us on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. If there is a social media site, we're probably on it, uh, except for oh, uh, except for Elo. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, Elo.
0: Oh. I don't think we're on Instagram. You know, no, we're not on Instagram or t- Tinder
2: or Snapchat or anything. I would
3: just be sending people. Posting pictures of my kitten.
2: I should, we're sorry. not on Tinder. Oh my god, who am I going on a date with on Wednesday then? <laughs> uh, I'm afraid you, you've actually signed up for a date with uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, I should really uh. use the Tumblr more, but maybe more as we get further into the series and less spoilering. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway,
1: until uh, next time when uh, you know we we'd like to take the high road, but unfortunately. We'll be taking the low road.
0: I'll the high <laughs> road, you'll the low road, and I'll get before you. So join us then.
1: Spoilers, farts. <laughs> Just one. Yeah. Until yeah. then, I'm Rob.
0: I'm
3: Jen. I'm Starscream,
2: Decepticon Air Commander!
0: Flaspenator hurts all over. Oh, well,
1: we're, we're going to have to deal with this. Hopefully, we can get them. Uh, repossessed by uh, next episode. Yeah, Unless you we'll really to want to be- hear about what Starscream thinks about uh, rhinoceros' body, bodily functions. <laughs>
0: What no? I, I thought we were going to talk about the Leslie Nielsen movie. Oh, nope.
1: No, no nobody is talking about that. I
0: don't. I don't know why, but I saw that movie way too many times.
2: It's
0: because Comedy Club Central like,
1: aired HBO. it like a bunch of the time.
0: Yeah. No. HBO. No, like,
1: Beastmaster.
0: I, H, oh, oh God, Beast. Yeah, Beastmaster.
1: Yeah, I believe HBO stands for Hey, Beastmasters On.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 You know, it's oh, thanks to that episode of Beast Wars. I mean I guess you could say that it goes back to to G one, but really it's thanks to Possession that we got that great uh that that whole bit on animated with Megatron trying to kill Starscream over and over. That montage montage yes. is what I was thinking of. We owe that all to this episode. And the idea that Starscream is literally just immortal.
1: Yes. Although I think it's not until Bad Spark that they specifically mentioned that he had, like, a mutant, immortal spark.
0: Yeah. Maybe.
1: That's just he was a ghost. Who can't die? Who can uh, nobody else team turned team
0: into a ghost. Time.
1: Course, became a zombie, but...
0: Uh... Yeah. Yeah, that is the thing. There, are there any other examples of Transformers ghosts? No. Uh, no, um, there aren't. Dang.
1: Well, there's there's Starscream in Energon. There's not oh, from yeah. this prime still- in R.I.P.
0: currently.
2: Hey, Starscream. Oh. Apparently
1: there was a ghost Alpha Trion on
0: Headmasters.
2: Oh, oh not Headmasters. You never said Ghost in Armada. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> well, there were ghosts in Energon, I guess, sort of. Like, Starscream was kind of a ghost.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
3: there's Starscream
0: is pretty much just the, the only ghost. Oh, sorry.
3: I'm sorry, but I've got a kitten.
0: Oh. (laughs)